Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. On today's episode, Garth Jones returns with his segment, Pass the Amel, as we take a look at the new Australian TV series, Firebite. My name is Justin Hamilton, and I'd be proud to be considered deadly here at Big Squid. Thank you for joining me for today's episode where Garth continues his look into the world of Ausploitation with the brand new series Firebite, an Australian vampire series created by Warwick Thornton and Brendan Fletcher, starring Rob Collins, Shante Barnes-Cohen, Yael Stone and Callan Mulvey. We're only touching on the first episode, so it is fairly free of spoilers, so you'll be able to listen and not have anything ruined. So if you think we're giving away too much, it's okay. Garth is actually really careful to the extent that he doesn't answer one of my questions because he's scared, uh, because he's a few episodes ahead, he's uh, uncertain of giving anything away. But it's all about the first episode. It's all about giving you an idea what it's all about. So, and I loved it too. I thought it was great. I had a really good time watching it. And uh, I hope uh, if you haven't heard about it or you haven't seen it, this gives you a sense of uh, what the show is like and maybe you might like to check it out as well. Uh, before we get into a couple of things, we're slowly getting back into gear for the new year and have a few podcasts all ready to go. Next week, Ben Elwood is back as we continue our latest deep dive director series with David Lynch and his film Blue Velvet. That will be next Tuesday and then the week after that, Ben returns again as we kick our new season of Space Podacy into action. Do you want to know what the movie is? Because we recorded it yesterday. So maybe uh, you'll have a little head start to check out which film. Do you want to know? Should I tell you now? Should I tell you next week? I'll tell you now, it's Gravity, Sandra Bullock, George Clooney, Debris, 
oh man, what a great film. We recorded that one yesterday and it is fantastic to be back on track with Ben and getting back into the groove. We have some great sci-fi movies coming up for you, so we're really looking forward to that. Also, you may have heard me talk about introducing a storytelling aspect to the podcast, and we're very close to releasing our first episode of Beautiful Tales for the Disenchanted. I'm really excited about this new addition to Big Squid. I have some pretty audacious plans for it down the track. And this first episode will be a stepping stone for where we'll be going later in the year. Uh, If you're wondering what is Beautiful Tales for the Disenchanted, think of it as an anthology series of short stories that will range from the funny to the surreal to the sad. It will contain all sorts of stories, just as we enjoy all sorts of art and entertainment here on this podcast. So I'm really pumped about that. Our Patreon supporters have heard some of the works in progress. Uh, When you sign up, sometimes uh, you'll get a little sneak peek into what I'm working on. And so uh, they've had an opportunity to have a listen. Uh, I've had some great feedback from everybody. And the first proper episode of that will be coming to you very soon. Ah, I can't wait. Speaking of Patreon, you may have heard on the podcast last week, Ange Lafayette and I discussing the Irish saying that if you kill a spider, you destroy a part of your imagination. Now, I'd heard that saying. Someone told me that a long time ago, and then both of us couldn't find any proof of it online. (laughs) Maybe I just didn't look hard enough. Ange couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. We started to wonder, has someone been pulling my leg? Anyway, I am happy to report that one of our Patreon subscribers, Angus, has written to me. Hello, Angus. How are you? Angus wrote to me and said, can confirm that the Irish saying about spiders is real. My wife's Irish great-grandmother used to say it. Once they moved to Australia, they decided that our spiders were worth losing part of the imagination for. Man, thank you for clearing that up, Angus, and it makes perfect sense that you'd throw the saying out the window after you saw our giant-sized creepy crawlies here in this country. So, whew, that's all cleared up. I feel less insane. And any day that you can say that feels like a win, right? Our Patreon numbers are building nicely. And if you're keen for extra podcasts, scripts, stickers, and a shout out, head over to patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton underscore Big Squid, and you can find a tier that suits you. Today's shout out goes to longtime listener Patricia Esquara. Is that right? Esquara? God, I should have checked that one. Sorry, Patricia. Patricia somehow not only manages to listen to the podcast between juggling her two children and family life, she also manages to write to me as well. Patricia and I share an aversion to horror movies. Yes, I'm a bit of a wimp, to be honest. I'm still recovering from hereditary. I watched that two years ago. (laughs) I still have creepy crawly moments about that. Anyway, it's always nice to have someone make you feel better about being a scaredy cat. So thanks, Patricia, and I hope you enjoy today's show. I know we're talking about a horror show, but it's not that scary. I promise you, Patricia, I really enjoyed it, and I didn't have to wear the brown underwear. (laughs) Ah, the brown underwear. I once heard um, Rob Sitch say that, and it's uh, stuck with me for 33 years. Anyway. If you don't know who Rob Sitch is, you probably live overseas. A very funny uh, man, a very big influence on me uh, as a comedian when I was younger. Anyway, this is one of those typical 
tangents that we don't need. So anyway, thanks, Patricia. Don't worry about what we're talking uh, about in the episode today. It's not that scary. It's more exploitation than scary. Uh, remember, for the rest of you, if money is tight but you'd still like to contribute to the podcast, please leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to Big Squid or even just suggesting us to your cool friends. Not the other ones, just the ones you know will dig what we're doing here. We don't want the other ones. You don't want the other ones here, right? They'll annoy you. Uh, but that's a very helpful way to contribute as well. Let's bring in my good pal Garth Jones as we head to Opal City where two Indigenous Australians, Tyson and Shanika, do their best to battle the last colony of vampires in Firebite. And there's only one segment that's big enough, bold enough and exciting enough to be able to discuss this new TV show properly. And that segment is... Paradise of the ground, Nix. So he taught you about vampires? Yeah. Did he ever take you down? No, we're not allowed to go down. So what do you do? Pest control. Above ground only. Take that, you blood-sucking bastard! Oh, be careful about teasing Shanika about your blood hunting. I'm not a blood hunter. What stopped him? He's not following law. Same law that says women can't hold boomerangs. And you choose to piss your life away. Oh, shut up. I hunt vampires my own way. <laughs> There's a king vampire here in town. Get your fighting face on. I'm scared every day of losing you. Can't you just pull up like a normal person? Hero's life, Neeks. I didn't choose it. Chose me. I'll be honest, it was a bit of a pain in the ass setting up uh, AMC because I thought it was something that was a part of my subscription already. And then to go in and uh, find that through the site you can get all these other subscriptions uh, and you have to kind of go through them one at a time and then the site kept trying to take me to Amazon Music which I didn't want, etc. blah, blah, blah. And then eventually I finally got to Firebite and I watched it and I was wrapped because I really enjoyed it and it was well worth the pain in the ass that comes with trying to set up a, a, a new channel. You, yeah, you sure do need to uh, dedicate yourself to this one, don't you? Because like, yeah. I was pretty fucked off with, with the entire process. Oh, uh, it's, it's tricky. To, yeah, like, you know, it's an Australian TV show made, in, you know, made outside Coopapedi. Yeah. And you've got, like, to add all these different options to the Jeff Bezos channel to get there. Oh, my Lord. It's, like, far out. This is, like, this should be our thing. We shouldn't have to be uh, signing up. This is ours. 
yeah, it's insane. Uh, but you know, the, the the avenues that they had to go through to actually get it made, yeah, uh, ended up being like a foreign stream, you know, a US streaming service to get this content out there. Which is insane to me, uh, because this is exactly the kind of stuff that I feel like, you know, I, I feel like this could find a place on uh, free-to-air television, you know, put it on at, uh, you know, like a 9.30 show and just also let it sit there, you know, like invest in it, let it have its time, let it, let it find its feet, uh, you know. As someone who's not really interested in vampires, I found Firebite to be a really fun reinterpretation of the vampire mythology. And I'm wondering, how much of the exploitation genre can we attribute to this reimagining? Um, I mean, I think the broad strokes are that, like, you know, Warwick Thornton is a, you know, extremely renowned uh, serious filmmaker. Mm-hmm who's just said, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to tell, you know, this punk's rock and roll story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, you know, that sort of reimagines all those sort of uh, tropes about, you know, colonisation and, like, the entire, you know, the, the you know Australian identity. Yeah. Uh, and he just doesn't give a shit. And maybe that's why it didn't get made in Australia first up. Because right. we're not ready for that. <laughs> we... We're not capable of that, I guess, in the you know in our mainstream TV um, production sense, because we're too busy making Houseos season twenty eight or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because it is uh, on the one hand, uh, I, I feel like if this was like a serious exploration of what happened back then, then suddenly we'd be more interested in making it because it's making a statement. But then in the process of doing that, what you're essentially making is a film that will probably win some awards but not be seen by the greater populace. But because this is uh, genre and is also just fun by you know, putting in stuff that comes from our uh, history and building upon it, it somehow suddenly gets negated as not being serious enough or not engaging with the topic in a more mature way. It's tough, isn't it? Because that's sort of what, like, you know, uh, genre fiction or genre film and television does. It's like, you know, takes these concepts and it's the spoonful of sugar, you know, give you the the crazy action scenes and all the rest and also sort of there's some context yeah very deep in there yeah and and it's always i've always found with uh you know specifically genre work it it's usually there in a way that if you want to go and look deeper you can or you can just yeah. sit back and in this uh, situation just enjoy a story about two people going around and stopping vampires from... And, you know, using top dick guns and all the rest to, like, take yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But it was uh, it was interesting, like, uh, from an exploitation uh, angle, uh, it seemed to have the sense of humour that's very prevalent in uh, those previous movies that we've watched, and uh, it also feels like it's uh, uh, a modernised version of that sense of humour. The language was 
beautiful and hearing uh just the uh, casualness of using uh, their mob uh the the term of blackfella which i've seen some american uh commentators have had to kind of explain no 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 it's all right when they use that kind of language you know that kind of thing uh but also uh, the action also kind of had that hyper-realized uh, chop suey kind of editing and it, uh, it was yeah, a lot amazing, of fun. Amazing freeze frames and sort of like, yeah, yeah. Sort of Sam Raimi-esque moments of just, you know, over the top sort of, uh, yeah, Bruce Campbell sort of gear. For, yeah. For Tyson especially. Yeah. It was a bit of an ash, I guess. Like if, you, if people have seen the Evil Dead movies, like he's a bit of a, you know, uh, Warwick Thornton calls him a dickhead. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, that's his character trait. And it's, you know, he's got aspects of uh, something like uh, Ash Williams from Evil Dead. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit, you know, too confident. Yep. A little bit out of his depth, but like still giving him a crack. <laughs> yeah. His daughter calls him a dickhead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, it made me laugh so much, uh, even right from the beginning with the old lady strapped to the front of the car that they're yes. driving through the night. And I, I think he, it's its a throwaway line, but the, one of the first things he kind of mentions is, oh, you could have worn underwear. <laughs> and it was just such a funny line. And it, it, it wasn't lent into and it wasn't, here's my funny line. It was done in that throwaway uh, Aussie kind of uh, approach. It was so good. Yeah, now with the vernacular, like the aesthetic is, you know, spot on. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, as you said, like it's really hard to sort of understand why you can't get access to it uh, directly in this country. Yeah. Yeah. uh, The the outback looks uh, stunning as well. Like they've really captured those colours. If if you've been out there in those areas, it's very recognisable and uh, it's funny. It gave me the same feeling I had when The Leftovers came down for season three. You find a a sense sense of pride at looking at all of those, you know, because they were out in the outback as well doing stuff and it's... It's just a totally alien uh, uh, kind of background that we don't really see that much in uh, popular entertainment. Yeah, it's. I mean, I mean, it's usually a case of you know international filmmakers coming here to show us. Yeah, what they you know, it, it's not particularly common for Australian filmmakers to really, in, you know, get in there. But, like, you've got, you know, films like Walkabout and Waking yep. Fright in the early 70s where, like, Ted Kotcheff and Nicholas Rowe, like, you know, American director and an English director came out here yep. and sort of showed us the identity that comes through with the landscape as well and just that complete harsh terror, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I grew up right in the middle of it and, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting sort of sense of just isolate alienation, isn't it? Yeah, and perfect for this uh, story yeah. as well. Like, as I said, I'm yeah, not really... It's fantastic in terms of, like, those, the white sands. Yeah. Like, you know, that environment's very different. Like, the caves, the cave systems, all those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, really, yeah, not really been shown on film before. And thankfully an Australian filmmaker had done that. 
Yeah, and as I said, I'm not really interested in vampires. I feel like it's a pretty tired, uh, you know, classic monster that's been uh, looked at in so many different ways. I'm not saying that there aren't uh, versions that of movies and TV shows that have done it well, but overall it feels tired. But this has just kind of given it this new uh, lease of life. Uh, also, there was, um, yeah, and I guess it's, it's because it's set in the outback, it really recalled the Mad Max franchise, like the car specifically, just had this good old fashioned uh, heft to it. Yeah, Yeah. chunky, looked like it could take some damage, looks like it would probably do a lot more damage. Are there any other Australian movies that you felt were in the DNA of this uh, new series? Um, I mean, I started to think about not necessarily Australian films, but like even something hopefully we'll cover eventually. Joe Dante's Howling Free. Right. That was made in Australia. That was yeah. the last Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I've never seen know, it. Yeah, uh, you'll love it. It's got that. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's completely insane. Uh, yeah. It's got no, it's got none werewolves. It's got... Uh, Great. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, um, Miranda Otto's dad, Barry Otto. Yeah. Uh, in, that, in that era, was doing a whole bunch of like... Uh, character work he was in the punisher with Dolph Lundgren as well right but uh but yeah yeah I I think that sort of like yeah that sort of aesthetic and that sort of um just balls to the wall sort of attitude is where that but yeah again like I find it really hard to believe that like Australian film just sort of stopped making or Australian um producers stopped making this sort of stuff yeah 35 years ago yeah you have to go the best way to do it it's is it maybe tied into the fact that we have that very specific cultural cringe where we're always just a little bit embarrassed about what we do and if someone tries to overcome uh, those barriers then we're immediately like you're up yourself you're uh, look at you you're a bit too too good for us a bit yeah. too fancy so is it is it both of those kinds of attitudes meeting and then what they do is they negate us from looking in our own backyard and telling our own stories well i mean look at you know um it's a federal election year and we're almost entering year nine of the coalition government mm. uh and that whole sort of quiet australian attitude of like just pull your head in mate uh, yeah don't you know? Don't get too, don't, don't you know? Don't get too big for your vote. Yeah. Uh, just, just shut the fuck up, and we'll get on with it. Um, yeah. And it seems, you know, the cultural attitude. I mean, you know, when most of the old exploitation stuff was really going strong, it was like Goth Whitlam, right? Uh, and in power, briefly, and yeah. then you know there was that sort of added sense that like you could actually like make these things that spoke a bit more to the true character of where we're at. But yeah, it's all sort of faded away, hasn't it? Yeah, it's really disappointing, and and I think that's kind of uh, part of what made uh, this uh, first episode of this series so intoxicating because there were lots of tropes that I recognised from other storylines, but they were all through the prism of the Aboriginal experience, and not just the Aboriginal, but the Australian experience as well. Like, I don't want to talk about it as if it's removed from us. Uh, It's all a part of us, and we should be 
discussing it more and embracing it and and identifying it uh, and and through identification you know really enjoying it as well i thought it did a remarkable job of setting everything up in 42 minutes like uh, that world felt realized and yeah. yeah, just, just that, it's really you know the essence of like being in regional australia and just that you know what that's like yeah <laughs> you know knowing people who live in well i'm going to see someone tomorrow who lives pretty much like tyson Right. Uh, so, <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah, I've got his number now, but yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, uh, you know, uh, it is like a sort of uh, existence that a lot a lot of people can't really identify with. Yeah. Uh, you know, living in the sort of middle of nowhere and like having those sorts of, uh, you know, obviously he's not a vampire hunter, but um, right. just, a, just a different sort of experience of how the world works. Yeah, you know, I even like the little touches such as that the the bar that he goes to is underground and it's yeah. it's because of keeping the heat out. You know, it's just such a oh, yeah. small thing that I've experienced when I travelled uh, in, uh, within, you know, the outback and the places that I've gone and performed, etc. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, have, you, have you been to White Cliffs? No. That's just... Uh, it's, yeah, it's a similar scenario to Kuzipedi, but yeah, people actually, their houses are underground. Yes, like right. They've just, they've just built underground because of the heat. Like It's like 50, you know, 50 degrees Celsius uh, pretty much all year round. So yeah. the best place to live is underground. So, yeah. And that's what the vampires do too. And it makes sense, right? <laughs> um, the best horror stories in any medium use it as uh, use the horror as a uh, as a metaphor for a greater story. And I loved uh, right from the beginning once again the idea that vampires were on the first fleet coming to Australia and becoming to uh, you know discover that the Aboriginal people their blood is yeah, like, blood. it's really tasty. Yeah. It's the best yeah. blood, and they're addicted to it. And it's kind of this amazing uh, uh, stand-in for smallpox decimating our nation's first people. Uh, I did a little bit of research uh, through the National Museum of Australia. Uh, I I knew it was a lot, but they said it killed around 70% of mm. people, yeah, you know. Right. Uh, what, what did you think of the blend of story and history in, uh, in this uh, opening episode? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I guess, as we've discussed... Um, you know, it's a case of like this might be the way to, uh, you know, get people familiar with like the, the the arc of our history because you know we've spent again the last twenty five years we've had, you know, John Howard, Keith Winshot, and all those guys talking about the black armband view of history and you know how we don't need to say sorry for things that were done by our ancestors and all that sort of stuff. You know completely, you know, part of that sort of culture war that Australians aren't very comfortable delving into, are they? No. So, um, you know, unfortunately the show isn't easily accessible, but, like, if you can get access to it, you will see that, like, you know, there's a there's a sort of... Um, <clears throat> there's a gateway to learning and understanding some of these issues, even though it's a vampire show. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, and once again, uh, I was so curious. Uh, I had to read what American uh, reviewers were saying yeah. about it. And, you know, it's like they seem to be learning from it. 
you know, they were yeah. having to do research and be able to discuss it, and then they were discussing it uh, through the prism of uh, what happened to their own Indigenous culture uh, yeah. when, uh, uh, you know, it was overtaken as well. Uh, you know, there is that... It's it's one of the worst Australian traits for me, which is when when there was apartheid in South Africa, it's like, oh, we're not going to go and play sport there because of apartheid. And it's like, okay, what are you doing for the Aboriginal people? It's like, what? Sorry, no. No, no, I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna play cricket in South Africa because yeah. of apartheid. Yeah, but what are you gonna well, do for know, Aboriginals? Not to, you know, not to, you know, me and sport, but um, just just the last week with the tennis dramas and like, you know, Djokovic being in the same hotel as like people who have been detained for ten years. Right. And people turning up to protest about his <laughs> loss oh, of yeah. for like forty-eight hours while these poor bastards have been there for like, you know, eight nine years. Oh like the, yeah, the priorities are just yeah, completely insane. I, you know, what I blame, I, I, I blame the success of Batman and Iron Man, which has made it completely normal for people to celebrate billionaires. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. you know, when when the most rebellious person in the Avengers is the billionaire, you know, things aren't quite right. Yeah, a billionaire. Yeah. A Why super soldier. Empathizing with that guy. Yeah. yeah, and someone who, you know, is a prince of a royal family. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute, these are our heroes. Aspiration. Yeah. <laughs> Get on board. Uh, also, uh, what was great about Firebite was it wasn't just the first fleet uh, idea of uh, instead of it being smallpox, but bringing uh, vampires to Australia. It also showed that there are different cultures within the Aboriginal community where, you know, the 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 community that Tyson is protecting don't really subscribe to his approach, don't really want him around, and there are. Uh, other cultures, uh, including the official uh, blood hunters, as they're called, uh, who do things in a very different way that uh, he doesn't have any uh, connection with. Uh, it, it all kind of really set up this world and uh, an Opal City as just this beautifully realised place. And it's, it's I, I, I hope they get lots of seasons because I think it's really fertile. How many episodes have you gotten for us so far? I've only had first time four. to watch the first one. Okay. Yeah, I won't. Yeah, I won't go into any further sports. Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna, I was gonna watch a few more, and then it was like, well, for this podcast, because we want to get people to oh, potentially to check it out. Because like, I just yeah. don't think enough we know about it, and like I've been, you know, following the hashtag, and it's you know pretty quiet out there on social media for it. Um, right. You know. Uh, I found a few tools on internet movie database who are um, sledging it. Uh, oh yeah, well we'll get to that yeah, at the end. Sure I've, yeah. I've, I've got a few yeah. that. Yeah. There's there's some people at the end that uh, that I really wanted to discuss, but fuck, there's some idiots yeah. out there. Um, you know, as we talked about uh, with the uh, the the town and everything um the the opal tunnels as well is such a perfect idea that they would be hiding under there and have this whole community that's going uh, and, and who knows how uh, much it's thriving as well and i love that too i do love that they'll get around in their sort of like 
pseudo Victorian, um, yeah, you know, their cuffs and all the rest, and like you know, wandering around a mining town, all these hard bastards, and they're turning up with their lacy cuffs to the pub, and yeah, it's a yeah, it's a funny, yeah, a funny sort of contrast. It's great. Well, you know, I was watching, uh, my my friend had never seen What We Do in the Shadows. uh, And so we were watching that towards the end of last year. And I was kind of lamenting that beautiful New Zealand sense of, uh, not only sense of humour, but sense of uh, community that's in that show. And then it's like, oh, well, hang on, We, we could possibly have it with this. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, the, you know, uh, the, the actors were great. The uh, Shante Barnes-Cohen as Shanika is fantastic. Uh, she's an Aboriginal girl with a name of American origin, which means God's grace. And she is immediately likable uh, as she's smart, but she's intellectually uninspired. She's sensible and cocky. She's demoralised by her surroundings, but she's also quick to jump into action. What, what did you like most about Shanika? I'm going to go, I'm going to really out myself on this one. But I, um, and having read all the terrible things about Joss Whedon again recently. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah, I... But yeah. I, you remember the the last episode of Buffy. Yeah. Where all the, all the girls get the slayer power. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm still, I've still got a little bit of a hankering for like Shanika maybe being one of the slayers in that sense. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Being active. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she's a great character and like, you know, her, her stepfather, well, uh, Tyson's obviously a bit of a, a renegade. Right. <clears throat> but yeah, she's got her head screwed on and like, yeah, just that. What a, you know, her limited options that you know in that scenario yeah but he's you know uh staunch and trying to she'll eventually you know go, i think her brother has been kidnapped right by, by the vampire king um but yeah i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Like just a yeah, a, a really sort of stoic character. That's like yeah, uh, we don't see on screen a lot, I guess. No, uh, I, yeah. I, I particularly enjoyed, uh, and it's something you just touched on. Then is the fact that she is someone who intellectually has a lot going on and is quite clearly yeah. incredibly smart. But it's a very natural thing to have happen 
anywhere in the world where if someone's not intellectually engaged, they can come across as, you know, being disruptive or they can be misinterpreted as not being smart. And it's, it's what you said. It's she lives in a world where her options to be anything she wants to be are severely limited. And I like the way that uh, that kind of infuses a lot of her actions in that first episode. Just, yeah, she throws herself into vampire hunting, with it, you know, as it goes. Yeah. <laughs> she can, uh, yeah, have some sort of control over things. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, Cooper Petey, uh, it's remote. It, it is remote, yeah. It's remote, all right. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> well, but, you know, but also seeing what's happening to her at school with, you know, there yeah. is the the boy who's, you know, a little bit obvious in the, the racist bullying, but it's only obvious because uh, what we forget is this shit happens all the time. And, the, exactly. you know, the, she's at a school that has... Uh, you know, she wears a cross on her school uniform. She's got a very white teacher who doesn't really engage with her. It's yeah. it's all there, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, the entire the narrative that she you know she gives to the teacher that's completely just like you know dismissed. Yeah. In terms of the history of you know what's what's going on, um, and you know that's yeah, sadly that's exactly the case. <laughs> Yeah, that rejection outright of any one story, or like inability to empathise in that sense. Yeah, uh, I thought Rob Collins was uh, fantastic as Tyson. I thought he was uh, he was cocky, uh, like his daughter. Or is it? Is it, by the way, is it is it father and daughter, or is it father and stepdaughter? Or I, I'm a little bit confused because she calls him by his real name. I think she's. Think that she's his stepdaughter, right? I don't think he's the biological father. No. Right. Okay. No. It, it uh, was funny because there's not a lot of information on it. It was a bit difficult to uh, chase that down. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. As as we've said, like you know, he's a, a loose cannon, and uh, you know, he's the child. Oh yeah. In, in that in that scenario. Yeah, well, it's it's great because he's kind of dedicated to his job, but he's also an outcast. He wears his disdain for relationships. It's more like a, a shield from stopping him from getting yeah. too close to people. Uh, I don't know about you, but he Probably was... Drink too much. He's drinking too much. <laughs> you know, he's a bit of a ladies' man and not afraid to, you know let anyone yeah. see that he's a bit of a ladies' man. But uh, he was so uh, compelling in that first episode. I don't know about you. I was completely convinced they were going to kill him off t- to uh, at the end of the episode to show us the level of threat that we yeah. were up against and then we would follow her and uh, follow Shanika. And I'm so glad that they didn't do that. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know... Uh yeah, I won't delve into the, the episodes after. Um, and, well, I guess the spoiler is no, he's not dead yet. Yeah, <laughs> but good. But, like, maybe, you know, a, a sense that maybe, like, that could be the end of season one, maybe, as a... Yeah. Oh, I hope they don't, though. Like, he's he's a really good character. Oh, yeah, he's, he's great fun. Um, yeah, and, like, again, like, a, he, he's shown up in a couple of Warwick Thornton films, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these great actors that just fly under the radar. 
Yeah. Because the roles are so, so limited here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also uh, just, like, looks at home as a, as a lead action hero as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, he's great fun. Um, and, yeah, you should... I mean, I don't want to say that he should get a superhero role, but, like, he should definitely, you know, have a higher profile. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, you know, he's in his early 40s, rocking the dad bod. Uh, yeah. Cheeky, you know, he's great fun, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and something else that I loved was that this series and the characters are very knowing about their story. So this is a world that probably still sees Marvel movies and knows about Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey. And we know this is because this is how Tyson motivates himself and Shanika often talking about the role of being a hero. And uh, what, what did you think of the straddling of the line between action heroes and uh, subverting the genre? Um. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, as as the show goes on a bit, I think um, you will see that, like, yeah, there's a embrace of a lot of those tropes as well. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a because you wouldn't have met the blood hunter yet, would you? He's, he's, he's just arrived. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of great there's a lot of great stuff, and I don't really want to I won't delve into just so people are surprised. Yeah, uh, but. I was doing a bit of reading today. I think one great thing is like introducing the boomerang as a vampire killing weapon. Yeah, uh, that's it. that one owns. Yeah, <laughs> multi-purpose. Uh, yeah, but I, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll leave that one alone because I think it, yeah, we'll spoil a few things if we go too far into that one. Oh, okay, all right. As, as the series goes on, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Uh, there is uh, – what's also fun is that it seems that the series will explore an ongoing concern within Aboriginal communities, which is the traditional versus the modern. Uh, this is something that uh, I've talked about with uh, a good friend of mine, Brett Wheeler, who's uh, worked with Aboriginal communities out in Kintor, and oh. there are uh, – a lot of concerns with uh, elders who are worried that the younger generation don't want to take on the traditions, aren't really that interested in the songs that they, they're meant to learn and the stories that they have imprinted on their weapons, etc. Uh, we, we see it as uh, Tyson likes to do things his way and is removed from the traditional ways of the elders who we know are called blood hunters. Uh, where would you like to see this aspect of the story go? Do you want to see him embracing the more traditional side or do you think it's uh, more interesting to see him maybe take on aspects of it? Uh, I think I think he might. Yeah, I think that might be part of his journey. Is yeah. to like, yeah, as, as a father figure, um, as a, you know, parental, yeah, um, I think, yeah, the direction he'll go in is to, like, yeah, learn to respect the tradition. Um, yeah, and again, I think Shanika will be the one who sort of, like, carries that on. Uh, I I hope he sticks around. I, yeah, as you say, I'm not sure that <laughs> the shelf life for Tyson is going to be much after the first season, but we'll see. Uh, he, he's just too uh, – he, he's like Rutger Hauer in Blade Runner. He's just so big and and uh, imposing in every scene. And it feels like 
you know, you don't have to get rid of him. You don't have to have him die off to prove any kind of point, etc. But because the show at this point seems to be adhering to some of these... Sorry, what was that? uh, Because we're getting so invested in him, Mm. uh, you know, that would be the dramatic uh, through line would make sense that, like, maybe that's sort of, yeah, the next level. But we'll see, I guess. Yeah. I mean, there's only eight episodes, so, you know... The first season's eight episodes. Yeah. Well, hopefully it'll uh, it'll keep going. Uh, the the use of language was fantastic. I love the Chinese restaurant. Uh, the, the Chinese restaurant was great. It uh, really gave me not only a sense of. Uh, do you remember that film, The Rover, with Guy Pearce? Yes. Yeah. 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 There was uh, it gave me a little taste of that, and also. Just uh, once again, another subtle reminder of the broader Australian culture and uh, the way it kind of permeates throughout the country. The Chinese restaurant was the most exotic place we could go growing up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, uh, you know, the uh, shag pile carpet and the the wallpaper. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was was a big cultural expedition. Yeah. To get to get out to the Oceania. And- <laughs> <laughs> no, I loved it. It was such a once again. It was such a nice little touch. And uh, I also loved that the Slade Vampire was wearing a, a Southern Cross <laughs> T-shirt, which. Uh, if if anyone uh, isn't across it, uh, Warwick Thornton made a documentary five years ago about the baggage that the symbol has to bear now that it is associated with violent nationalism. Uh, that was in the doco. We don't need uh, a map. Uh, so that was a nice little... And it's such a throwaway moment. It's such a small moment. But if you're across his personal belief yep. on it. It's just a tasty little treat. Uh, was there anything else that stood out to you that we haven't covered in this first step? Um, oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, the, you know, the an- analogues of the vampires being, you know, white supremacists, uh, you know, the colon, you know, the colonizing force, um, you know, it, it's, it's just a, it's just a very neat, <laughs> conceit really isn't it like it's yeah. just it works so well um and i just i was just thinking earlier about uh thankfully it didn't happen now because they probably send boris johnson over as a vampire oh jeez. Uh, <laughs> yeah boris um, boris who didn't didn't realize that the rules he set into place are the rules that he was breaking well it's, it's tough when you're at the top you know it's yeah a- it is tough but yeah, uh, yeah. I just think yeah, it's a yeah, beautifully realised, and also uh, Warwick Thornton is a is the um, director of photography as well, so he's shooting yeah. a lot of his stuff. So that's his aesthetic through and through through the entire show, and it's yeah, it's a stunning piece of uh, filmmaking as well. It's like just a really cool uh, vampire show if that's what you're after, but also it's got depths, uh, and you might learn something if you you know pay attention. Yeah, and that's you know. Not rare, but like you know, you know, sort of Australian cultural landscape where it's mostly reality shows. And yeah, uh, I just saw on my Instagram feed there was a call out for um, houses in Broken Hill. Right. So <laughs> that's happening. Thanks, SBS. <laughs> yep. Great. 
Yep. There we go. Yeah, just need, yep, we need, just need some bogan blokes and some uh, shazzers. Uh, yeah. And they're, they're going to get their money's worth out there, boys, mate. Um, <laughs> They'll be overwhelmed, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, not sure <laughs> I'm not sure they're quite ready for it. Yeah, right. Damn. You know what else I was really happy with was seeing the Adelaide Greyhound bus, which I have... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've been on that baby. I've been on it heaps of times, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good advertising for them. Yeah, just that, that just transport vampires to like yeah <laughs> regional towns. So uh, to finish up, because you know you and I uh, obviously enjoyed this and reckon it's worthwhile checking out. Each episode's around forty odd minutes. It's a perfect uh, you know if you're into binging. I think all uh, seven of the uh, episodes are coming, coming out weekly. Yeah. Yes. So, so yeah, every every Thursday. Yeah, so if you wanted to catch up, it'd be easy to binge. But there was some there was some naysayers out there, and so I have three uh, quotes that I want to read to you that are just great. So I want to see if you can uh, from these negative remarks. These are just remarks from viewers that just turn up on the when you're looking stuff up on Google, right? So I want you to tell me if you can pick up on anything that they have in common. This is the first one. This is from. David Douglas. I feel very comfortable in reading out his name because I have a feeling he's not he's not listening to this podcast. And if he is, you're an ass hat, David. <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, he says uh, this show couldn't go ten minutes without injecting race politics into it. It's not just me that's sick and tired of stuff like this. It could of. Uh, I'm just pointing out. He wrote of. I'm not uh, saying of. It could of been a great show about vampires versus humans, but instead we are force-fed more social political nonsense. Ignore this show as it's just people grandstanding and using social politics instead of caring about a story that could have been another stepping stone in the vampire genre. Mm. Mm. That's great, isn't it? Like yep. the, because the vampire genre has only ever been about vampires. It's never been a metaphor no, for anything no else. Other, no other meta- metaphorical aspects of whatsoever. <laughs> That's amazing. I've, I feel like if you pointed out, you know, Bram Stoker's Dracula and, and all of the books and movies that have been made throughout the years, you know, he probably has no idea that when he watched True Blood that there was, you know... A goddamn yep. gay agenda there as well. Could have been, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe. Huh. That's a lot to think about. Yeah. So, yeah. also, what I thoroughly enjoy... Okay, well, I, let, let me read out these next two first, right? Yeah, 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 uh, right. yeah. This is from SE, who gave it a five-star review. SE gave it a five-star review, but also included, maybe drop the race thing, please. It's like the only way people of colour can be included is by only including them when someone needs to be terrorised. That was nice. From I don't know what that means. No. And then this is from Marius Orion. Yep. And I'm going to read out the word that actually i could not like they've 
they've put in a, a a misspelling of racial, but I'm just going to read it out as it was written because why should I fix his mistake? Maybe drop the race thing, please. Uh, so, oh, sorry, that was SE. This one is, this is anti-white propaganda. I will remind to our enemies that we are one billion people worldwide. It's time to reject at the European level anything that comes for the entertainment puke from US. Ten years of instigation to racial mixing. In ten years, nobody ended these pukes. Why? How is this possible? What, 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 yeah. What's going on, Marius? Like, what, what yeah. is happening there? You know, Marius Ryan. Yeah. So, what, um, what, my guess: uh, Are we all talking about probably early middle-aged white men? Uh, Maybe. Who, <laughs> feels like who, it. Uh, probably identify with um, certain extreme right-wing ideologies uh, coming on to. Uh, I was reading uh, that <laughs> there was a big influx of like just people like just review bombing in, uh, internet movie database over it, like right. basically like they do on Rotten Tomatoes, like right. trying to drag the rating down. Right. So like, there's a shitload of assholes who are just like giving it one star reviews and just going the sort of eugenics, racist, fucking angle. Wow. Because they can't, hand- can't handle it, can they? It's what, what does it say about us that we watch something like this? Right. But what does it yeah. say about us that we watch these things and don't suddenly feel threatened? Like, are, are we missing the point? Are we meant to be threatened? Like, what's happening here? <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you see, um, you know, our beloved Prime Minister today won't actually, like, censure um, George Christensen about his, you know, anti-vaccination stance for kids. Mm. Um, you know, all these nutcases, you know, being in Queensland, I not, you know, they're all in far north Queensland, really, but, like, mm. there's just, you know, there's just so much sentiment out there that's becoming more and more mainstream. Like, I'm shocked when I hear friends tell me that they've got, you know, mates who... Uh, you know, turning up to the rallies in Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, you know, they sort of, yeah, it's it's just getting a bit, a bit weird out there, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And if there's anything that I just have no time for, it's white people telling yeah. the Aboriginal yeah. community to shut the fuck up. Oh, yeah. 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 Ah, you know, it, and, it was... It's, yeah, just, yeah. Sorry, yeah. No, but it's it's been going on for ages. You know, it's one of the reasons why I can't follow the AFL anymore, specifically through their absolute ineptitude at protecting someone like Adam Goods. And yep. you know, like I had, like I had friends who were booing him, and they were saying. Well, I'm not booing him because he's Aboriginal. I'm booing him because he stages for freeze. And it's like, well, even if that's your original reasoning before everything went down, your inability to look around and realise that maybe you're booing for a different reason to a lot of these people is uh, a lack of character. You know, you you, you might have been booing because he staged for freeze and that was just a footy thing and that, of course, is fine. But 
it has now turned into something else. And by the time that got ahead of us, uh, we were totally incapable of uh, protecting one of the great players of our of our uh, beloved game, and then also yeah. just protecting a person against obvious uh, abuse. What a what a fucking horrible way to pretty much end your career. <laughs> yeah. 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 We ran him out of you the know, sport. All that awful shit. Yeah. After you, you know, out, you know, on the way out the door. Just yeah, <laughs> and it's and it's because you know nobody, uh, all the all these awful white men in ill-fitting suits who are in the upper echelons of AFL power. The, the fact remains that they're all pussies and they're all wimps, and it just it. I was just too close to it and I saw too much of it and now yeah. I can't watch an AFL game because it reminds me of all of those people who, you know, they, they love their rhetoric, you know, hey, we give we give the Aboriginal people a, a round in the football. Oh, we let the yeah. women have a round in the football. Round. What more yeah. do they want, you know? And it's, uh, it, it's, it's a real failure. And uh, I... I hope people go and check this show out because I think it is fun. I think it's really well made. I think it looks beautiful. And yeah, yeah. I just, I just yeah, reassure you that it's not that hard to get it really. Um, you no. just have to hold your nose, yeah. get onto Prime Video, and just look for AMC. Yeah. In your, it's like an extra nine bucks a month, I think, and you'll be able to watch them all in a week and then yeah. cancel it again. Yeah. Maybe you can watch Preacher too while you're there. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, give it a go, and and it'd be great to see it uh, continue because it's finally something that comes from our country and comes from a a, a real talent uh, in Thornton and all the people he's uh, surrounding himself with. Great, great filmmaker, and you know, just yeah, letting his hair literally down to just do something, just you know, off the hook. Yeah, and totally in the wheelhouse of you know what I'm into. Yeah, uh, and continuing that exploitation uh, genre, and yeah. and you know, kind of uh, bringing it into the into 2022. Guess, well, yeah, yeah, like the soundtrack is amazing too. Like yes. just the yeah, <laughs> you know they. I know there's uh, various members of uh, the drones. I think um, the drummer from the Dirty Three, but I'm pretty sure there's like Melbourne band Amor and the Snippers in there as well. Yeah. Yeah, and just like real high energy Australian sort of rock and roll that's coming out now. Yeah. 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 Like a really, really fun time. Yeah, no, it's exciting. And uh, I can't wait to watch uh, the, the rest of the series and see where it goes. And fingers crossed, uh, uh, Tyson makes I it all the way it. through. <laughs> yeah. um, what do you have coming up? After the X-Men. No. Oh, yeah, wow. Well. Yeah, He'll be he'll be gay. What was his name? The uh, Indigenous X Man. Oh, I don't know. Oh shit! I he can't. Was like gateway or something. Like he oh was like, yes, yeah. right. That's more, of a David, that's more of a David Goldblum role, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's not with us anymore. Yeah. That would have been. Uh, perfect. Hang on. Let me just um just looking at yeah gateway. Um, yeah. Uh, the ability to teleport objects and people from one location to another. Yep. 
<laughs> Great. As drawn by Jim Lee as a generic African-American with like a yeah. <laughs> couple of dots. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. they gave it a crack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's going on with uh, your side of things? Before I let you go, uh, I'm curious to know what's happening with your short story anthology that you've been working on. Um, I'm going to – when's this coming out? You this know. podcast, like this, this podcast, will be yeah. uh, like next week, so that will be okay, cool. um, something so like the twenty fifth of January. Cool. Uh, okay, uh, I'll be uh, putting up pre-orders for a short story anthology that I'll be publishing um, the Friday after Australia Day, so mm-hmm. the twenty eighth, I guess. Yeah. And. <clears throat> Yeah, I decided uh, I have been around the traps enough in terms of publishing, design, editing, all the rest that I'm not going to wait for anyone to tell me I should be able to do it anymore and I'll just release this stuff. Uh, So I will be doing a digital and print-on-demand collection of short stories that I wrote during the, I guess, the beginning of the pandemic. Right. Not... Not about the pandemic, but, you know, stuff that was sort of just uh, boiling away while I've been working on other things. Yep. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's like a 100-page story collection. It'll be like a two bucks uh, yep. for a digital copy. Uh, it's got reviews slowly growing. Um, you can go to my website, pasttheamel.com, and yep. just follow the cheapest gifts link to get to the book. But, yeah, it's uh, getting some nice heat happening on it. Um, some fun. There's a guy called Dubay Knox, who's a black exploitation writer from the US, who's very kindly given me a very um, <laughs> colourful quote. Yeah, that great. I'll next week as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's getting, yeah, it's starting to sort of gain some momentum. And I think it's going to be a fun year for just like getting some content out there. Uh, and I think it's the best way with- to do it, too. Just do it yourself. Yeah, so, I, you know, the intention will be that, like, you'll be able to navigate through the book and I'll do some bonus features like DVD stuff so you can look at QR codes, get some extra insight into what was going on. Um, there's some music being written for it. Yeah. And then uh, when it launches in March, there'll be an announcement about something else I'm working on that's quite a lot bigger, but I just will keep that up my sleeve for now. Okay, that sounds yeah, good. Well, be a fun yeah. Well, can you give us uh, like uh, a couple of the titles and synopsis of uh, the short stories, or um, at least the one right, you're going to uh, lead with? So there's uh, there's a few things that are sort of tangential to a bigger work I've been uh, writing, uh, which have I've got my I've got a main character called Ed von Satan that you helped out with as well. Yeah, uh, who's a zombified pub rocker. Yep. And there's a sort of extended story in there about, um, look, let's be frank, I lived in Shepparton for a year with my partner and uh, <laughs> it's sort of a, it's sort of like a, you know, you know, at the start of a book where people's, you know, characters are based, aren't based on anyone living, <laughs> that's bullshit. That right. This is entirely about living in Shepparton. Right. Uh, <laughs> stuff in there. Uh, but just, yeah, just skewed enough to hopefully not get me in trouble. <laughs> Great. Into yeah. So yeah, there's a, there's some insights into like you know living in small towns. There's 
uh, some sort of angsty sort of patriarchal stuff. There's uh, fun stuff about going on holidays in Noosa and hating all the white Anglo-Saxon people I'm surrounded by. Right. Uh, yeah, sort of the, the range of experiences during the sort of weird first two years of the pandemic, really. Yeah. But again, not about it, just sort of like inspired by what's, what's been going on. Yeah, it's more like an emotional response than a uh, factual yeah, response. Yeah, I'm not having a, you know, not cracking the sad about being trapped inside with a two-year-old for like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Six months or whatever. Um, yeah, hopefully, yeah. There's laughs in there. It gets a bit dark, but there's a, there's a range of different things in there. And I think, yeah, it's a, a, a good window into what I'm hopefully going to be able to achieve this year and ongoing in terms of the writing stuff. Yeah, well, I know some of your plans and they're really exciting and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, not only seeing them come out, but uh, as I said on a previous podcast, you, you've already planned the past the Amel segment for this podcast for the year. So yeah. we have a lot of stuff to churn through and I'm really looking forward to it. No, it's going to be fun. I think, yeah, they're all going to, yeah, you know, if we sort of yeah, stick to what we've got there, it's going to be a... Yeah, interesting 2022. Yeah, that's great. And uh, once again, uh, we go to uh, passtheamel.com for yeah, more uh, information. Yeah, social media, passtheamel, uh, yeah. Twitter and Instagram. Um, there's links everywhere for that stuff, yeah. Yeah, great. All right, uh, great to see you, Garth, and uh, looking forward to catching up soon. Thanks, Amo. Take care, mate. big thank you as always to Garth Jones for his latest Pass the Amel segment. Garth has already planned out the whole year. That's right, a whole year of Pass the Amel segments when we're very excited for what he has planned. If you'd like to read more of his work and be across everything he does have planned, uh, not just here on this podcast, but with his own work, I'm posting a link on the Big Squid Facebook page so you can easily find his stuff. Garth has some audacious ideas and I can't wait to see them set in motion. Thank you also to our Patreon subscriber for the episode, Patricia. I hope those little ones will give you enough space to check out Firebite. And as I said before, if I can watch it, Patricia, and not be scared, you'll be okay too. Remember, if you'd like an episode dedicated to you and some extra goodies, head over to patreon.com forward slash Hamilton underscore big squid to find a tier that suits you if money is tight. And you know what? Money can be tight at times and uh, sometimes you just want to contribute, but you don't want to be out of pocket. Rate, review and subscribe. That's a great way to be part of the team. Or you know what? Just listen to the podcast. If you're just enjoying the podcast, that's heaps as well. Still more to come up in the new year as we slowly ease into these opening weeks of 2022. I'm looking forward to showing you this new stuff, presenting it to you, hearing your feedback, and just being in touch with all of you fantastic listeners. Let's leave today with a quote from Warwick Thornton. In most of my films, I write the music into the script. I'm listening to songs and lyrics that empower the themes of the film. There's a lot of Indigenous music that has not been heard widely, and I love the idea of giving that music to the rest of the world. If you can, check out Firebite. I reckon you'll have a really good time with it. Until then.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.